0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. We are, can you believe it? We are closing out the series today. Love is our logo. It is week eight of love is our logo and i'm a little sad that we're closing out the series but i believe that god has a message for you to hear today i really really do that this last installment of love is our logo is going to seal all that we've been speaking about all that god has been doing in our lives it's week eight y'all and our series comes from you guys know it john chapter 13 your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And in week eight, what I want to do for us today is I want to share with you uh, the definition of love. So the definition of love, I want to share with you a verse that defines love for us. I think that many times we can slap the label of love on something and it's a counterfeit love, but... Uh, First Corinthians chapter thirteen describes to us or defines to us what true love is, and then what I want to do is I want to jump over to John chapter ten, and and read what the personification of love comes to bring, which is Jesus Christ. First Corinthians tells us, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. This is what love is. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects is the quality of love. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And I love these three words. Love never fails. Love never fails. John chapter 10 verse 10 you guys are familiar with this passage before but I think that God is going to highlight this verse for us in a way that we may have not seen previously and it's the thief's purpose is to steal kill and destroy but my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life I want to talk to you on the subject of the only love that satisfies the only love that satisfies could it be that many of us are walking life unsatisfied, unhappy, and unfulfilled. I believe it's because we have not encountered truly the only love that satisfies. Amen. So let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for these last eight weeks. Oh God, that you've been speaking to our church community and those that have been tuning in, our Kuhau online family, church family. Lord, I thank you for what you've been doing in our midst. Oh God. And I pray, Lord, that this may not just be eight weeks that our lives were transformed, but Lord, that this may be a series that transformed the trajectory of our life. Oh God, where we are headed, where we are going, how we will continue to live. God, I pray for every life, every soul. And I thank you that I'm married to the hottest woman apply on the planet. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Um, I think it's a good question to ask, uh, have you ever been unsatisfied? I want you to think about that for a second. Like, there's, It's one thing for you to desire to have something. It's one thing for you to want something and be unsatisfied because you don't have it. But what happens when you actually attain what happens when you actually meet when you actually have the thing that you've been looking for and upon meeting that or upon attaining that or upon gaining that you're still left disappointed you're still left unsatisfied you're still left um unfulfilled it's like i thought that once i got this i'd be happy i thought i once i received this i'd be good but what happens when you finally feel yourself with it but you're still unsatisfied you're still unfulfilled and just to give you an example like when uh, a few years ago when I was on a completely plant-based diet I'm currently vegan-ish but when I was on a complete plant-based diet what I would do on special occasions like Father's Day and on my birthday you know the the yearly holidays and uh, but even on Lisa's birthday she falls on January 18th But we would usually be doing the Daniel fast during those times. And so what we would do is that we would go to a plant-based restaurant so that she can eat, uh, uh, choose from the menu, a plant-based meal, a Daniel-friendly, a Daniel fast-friendly meal. And no matter what restaurant we went to, we went to quite a few restaurants during these times, during this year. And no matter what restaurant we went to, there was something that was common in all these restaurants. Every time we would eat a meal there, like no matter what it was, I mean, we went to about maybe three or four restaurants. And no matter what it was, in the middle of the meal, we'd feel bloated. We'd feel like stuffed, literally... Like, we would go there with a huge appetite. We would we would get ready to get some food and eat as much as we could. But right in the middle of the meal, literally, like, we would not be able to finish the meal because we were so filled. We were so bloated. And we'd walk out that place like, eh? Like, you ever, you ever, is that, has that ever happened to you? Like, you finally got the meal that you had the appetite for. And then after you ate it, you were like, eh? right right it's like it's like you you are filling your your yourself with with stuff and things and whatever you're filling your stomach with you're filled up you can't eat no more but you're you're like eh okay I'm I'm still I still feel like um I feel I still feel disappointed I still feel dissatisfied I still feel like I thought I'd feel better once I filled my belly well let's let's just throw away the meal like let's let's forget about the meal for a second let's apply this to our life in general like have you ever felt like you thought that you would be much happier once you finally fill in the blank have you ever felt like okay once i once i finally get in that relationship i know i'm gonna be happy i know i'm gonna be content i know i'm gonna be satisfied and then you get into the relationship and you now what oh you're still unhappy you're still dissatisfied. You're still unfulfilled. You're still discontent. Like it's like, I thought I'd be much happier. Maybe it's not the relationship. Maybe it's not the man or the woman. Maybe it was the house. Maybe it's like, Hey, once I get this new apartment, yo, once I get this house, I'm finally going to feel happy. I'm finally going to feel satisfied. I'm finally going to feel fulfilled. And then you you get the apartment, you get the house, you get the new location, you move, you 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 finally get the thing that you were looking for, and then you're still dissatisfied, you're still unfulfilled. Maybe it's completing a goal, maybe it's finishing college, maybe it's getting that job position. Maybe, just maybe, it's a certain look that you want. Finally, once I lose the weight, or once I look a certain way, once I get some recognition on social media, once I get the amount of likes that I've always wanted, I will finally be happy, I'll finally be satisfied, but then you get it. And you still feel disappointed, and you still feel dissatisfied. I thought I I could have, like, I could have sworn, like, once I would have met the man of my dreams, I would have been happy. But I'm, I'm dissatisfied. Once I thought, like, I thought once I would have met the woman of my dreams, I would have been happy. I would have been fulfilled. But I'm, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm still dissatisfied. Once I get that dollar amount, once I got this amount in the savings account, once I have um, um, this amount of money that I'm making on a yearly basis, I know that I'm going to be, I, I arrived, I'm there. I reach my goals. We live in a society. Go get your goals. Reach your goals. Reach your goals. The problem is that we never tell them what happens when you reach your goals, but you're still unhappy. Can you imagine that message? Like, yo, go reach your goals, go after it, go get it. But what happens when you do, and you're still bloated? You're bloated, but you're still, eh? You're still unhappy. You're still dissatisfied. I love this quote by NF, who is a, a who is a rapper. And uh, in his album, The Search, which I co-wrote half of it, it, it says, this quote is, is so revealing of the human condition. It says, my most considered successful moment of life was the worst. The, it was the most depressed I've ever been. I had a number one on the billboard charts. I had everything I've always dreamed of happening, and I didn't feel happy at all. Because I was like, I'm here. Is this it? I'm, I'm finally here. I finally got where I wanted to be. I, I, I finally have everything that I've ever dreamed of happening in my life. I got the house. I have everything that I've always dreamed about. But there's there's got to be more than, than this because this feeling, I, I still, this can't be it. I think it's so revealing of the human condition. And the human dilemma, it's like the very thing that we are searching for and looking for, that once we have arrived, once we have attained it, once we have filled our lives, it only has helped us realize that we're still unhappy, that we're still unfulfilled, and that we're still dissatisfied. I really think that, that this is what makes love being your logo so difficult at times. Like, like, I genuinely believe with all my heart that the reason most people can't or find it difficult to live the way of love is because there's a void within our heart, and then society tells us to go search to fill that void, and so we're we're searching for things. I, I ain't got time for anybody else, so I live a self-absorbed life because I'm searching. I'm searching for meaning in the wrong place. I'm searching for love in the wrong place. I'm searching for significance in the wrong place, and so my life is consumed with the search for satisfaction for the search of fulfillment for the search to fill the empty void I have inside but then I only fill it for a moment, a moment which it just makes me feel bloated but then I'm like eh and I think that that's why it becomes so difficult for us at times to allow love to be our logo we're filling our lives with what makes us feel good for a moment but it, it leaves us completely bankrupt as it relates to others. And that's why I love Jesus' statement in John chapter 10. Like his words are so profound, like he makes a statement that may throw some of us off, but Jesus assures, he affirms, he guarantees that what he brings to life, what he brings is a life that is satisfying. Like he makes this guarantee. He doesn't just say, hey, this is a, by the way, by chance, by happenstance. No, he says like, hey, listen, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. And and the New Living Translation translates it a rich and satisfying life. But the original word that is used there is the word abundance. I have come to give you a life, but a life in abundance. Now watch this. This is so powerful because the word abundance is the best thing that we can do to translate the original language. But in the original language, it's actually a word called "perizon," P-E-R-I-S-S-O-N, Perizon. Now, this word means super abundant, superfluous, overflowing, over and above a certain quantity, which is to say that what God has to bring and what God brings to the table, what God br- offers us is a level of satisfaction that far exceeds our expectation. As opposed to the other things that we've experienced in life, like we encounter them and we have a certain expectation only to be left still wanting, still yearning, still desiring. It does not meet our expectation. It doesn't fill the void. But God says through the life of Jesus that I have come. My purpose is to give you a life in its fullness, a life in abundance, a life in Paris on. It's super exceeding It's superfluous. It's overflowing that when you encounter this, this is better than what you've ever dreamed of. This is better than what you ever thought it would be. Oh, oh, the life that he gives is a life in abundance, a life that is satisfying, a life that is fulfilling. It's, it's when you encounter this, you're like, wow, this is amazing. This is better than what I ever dreamed of. This is better than what I've ever seen. This is a love that is overflowing. This love right here, woo! This is a love that is better than what I ever thought it would be. This peace is, is better than whatever I thought it would be. This grace is better than what I ever thought I, I thought it would be. This relationship with God is better than what I ever thought it would be. I had an expectation, but this superseded my expectation. I had a vision for my life, but when, when I encountered God, He gave me a life in abundance that super exceeded my expectation of life. Because it's not just reaching your goals; it's after you reach your goals, you're satisfied, not because you reached your goals, but because before you reached your goals, Jesus reached you. <sighs> this this word perizon this is this woo this messed me up. This word perizon in the Greek language carries the notion that it's more than what's even needed. Now I want you to I want you to lean in here it's more than what's even needed it it carries this this notion unnecessarily excessive which is to say that when you experience the only love that satisfies when you truly encounter jesus love i'm not saying that you've encountered religion i'm not saying that when you've been going to church all your life i'm not saying that when you've been raised in church I'm not saying that uh, you know how to follow uh, a certain level of protocols and rules and regulations. I'm not saying that you don't know all the traditions of the faith. I'm just saying when you've had a radical encounter with Jesus, when you've encountered the only love that satisfies, when you experience God's true love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you experience a love that is unnecessarily excessive, that you have enough to spare can you imagine that if bill gates in all his riches someone steals a dollar from do you think that he noticed it's missing no you know why because he has an unnecessarily excessive amount of riches and so when one dollar goes missing does he even notice no because he has enough to spare it's unnecessarily excessive his riches Lasts multiple lifetimes it's unnecessarily excessive it, 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 he, he doesn't even know it's it's missing because he has so much of it because he has riches in abundance can you imagine that that's the love that God has given us he's given a love that's satisfied, that love is super abundant, a love that is overflowing. You'll start, let me tell you something, you'll start living more fulfilled by accident. I'ma just let you sit there. You'll start living more fulfilled by accident because you have an unnecessary, excessive amount of love. And so when the Holy Spirit, comes into your life and allows that love to permeate your being because of because of what Jesus Christ has done, let me tell you something, you'll start overflowing. I came to tell someone, as a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit came and the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you right now that you will live a life of abundance and you will start living more loving by accident than you ever could live in the past on purpose. I came to tell somebody today That when you encounter God's love Let me tell you That love will start overflowing You'll overflow to the degree That you're spilling your love on people You'll start loving people by accident You'll start forgiving people by accident You'll start caring for people People will be like, excuse me, you, you drip your love on me I'm sorry, it's not that I'm just Oh, you're so loving, you're so kind No, it's not that I'm loving, it's not that I'm kind It's that I'm overflowing It's that I'm, I'm living a life of abundance And when I've experienced that parazon life that parazon love i just can't help but spill over Woo! i can't help but spill over i i can't believe you forgave me for that forgave you for what oh I, that was by accident i didn't even i didn't even intend to forgive you i just forgave you cuz because i'm just spilling over <laughs> i'm spilling over with love i'm over oh, sorry i'm oops oops i did it again The Britney Spears anointing. Oops, I did it again. Oops, I forgave somebody again. Oops, I let somebody experience peace again. Oops, that up. I drip some of my joy on your life. Oops, I I drip some of my kindness in your life. Oops, I drip some of my self-discipline in your life. I just start living a life that is satisfied by more by accident than we could ever do on purpose on our own strength. That's why 1 Corinthians, to me, defines love so perfectly and so beautifully. It's the love that satisfies. It says, love is patient, love is kind. Did, did you hear that? Love is patient. Can, can I show you something right now? I want you to think about the last time you were impatient. Could it be because you were dissatisfied? Could it be that you were longing? That you were searching. Think about when you're impatient. It's, It's that you want something. You can't wait for something. Think about the last time that you were unkind to someone. It's because you were dissatisfied. It was because you wanted something that you weren't getting and so you were unkind. Think about the last time you were envious. See, envy comes from a place of dissatisfaction. I pray somebody's getting this right now because this is speaking to someone today. Think about the last time you were boastful. It's because it's coming from a place of dissatisfaction. The last time you were bragging, the last time you were in the know of something and you you have information that no one else has. And so you're boastful. Think about that. It's because it's coming from a place of dissatisfaction. The last time you were proud. Love, it does not dishonor others. Man, when you are filled with this love that's satisfied and you are living from a place of satisfaction, let me tell you, you don't look to dishonor others. We don't look to dishonor people. We don't look to dishonor our enemies. We don't look to dishonor authorities. We don't look to dishonor our government. We don't look to dishonor our loved ones. We don't look to dishonor why? Not because they're good but because our God is good and where our God is good, then our love, his love is our logo. Love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not looking. Last time I was self-seeking this because I was dissatisfied. I was bloated. I was filling myself with something, but I was still dissatisfied. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with truth. The truth of God's word, the truth of who God is, the truth of God's love. It always protects. It always love, always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. The Bible says that prophetic word will cease, meaning insight of knowledge from God himself will cease, but love never won't. (laughs) Love never, it never fails. And so today what I want to do is I want to give you three case studies. I want to go over just three case studies where we see the life of three individuals, And what we will see is that once they encounter Jesus, they abandon what they were pursuing. Now this is amazing because they've devoted their lives to pursuing this thing. But once they encounter Jesus, they not only abandon the thing that they were looking for, the thing that was satisfying their appetite, the thing that they were filling their life with but still leaving them unfulfilled, that, But they go above and beyond that. They allow Jesus' love to become their logo. And they are able to do what they could not do prior to encountering Jesus. Here's here's case study number one, Zacchaeus. See, this man Zacchaeus was, the Bible says that he was a, a tax collector. In fact, it says that he was the chief tax collector. Now watch this. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, which means that his entire life was devoted, his career... His entire life was devoted and was driven by greed. Uh, tax collectors at that time would would make a profit from the Roman government. They will make a profit uh, more on their own people. And so they would consider they were considered betrayers of their own people. And so when you look at the life of Zacchaeus, this guy is a guy who is, he's searching and he's filling his life with riches. At the expense and at the broken backs of his own people. And so he's a, he's he's gaining what he wants at all costs. By all means necessary, he's looking to satisfy his own life. And the Bible says that he gets news that Jesus is coming into town. And Jesus comes into town. And the Bible says that he was a short man. And so he climbs a tree. Now there's so many messages. We could preach there, but we're going to leave it right here at the... i just telling the story. Jesus, the Bible says, that he comes to the spot in which... Uh, Zacchaeus was shout outs to the spot church he comes to the spot where Zacchaeus was he looks up he says hey today I'm going to eat at your house Zacchaeus is like, what? I'm not even ready, but let's go. He goes and he feeds Jesus and they have this amazing encounter with one another. It's a divine encounter. The Bible doesn't go into details, but here's what the Bible does reveal. And it reveals it in verse eight and nine. It says, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood up before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. My goodness, what in the world has happened to this man, all of a sudden, the very thing that he was searching for, the very thing that he desires, he was looking for money, he was looking for notoriety, he was looking for things, he's about to go broke in generosity, he says, listen, I'm going to give half of what I own to the poor, and then on top of that, if I've cheated anybody, $1, I'm going to give them four, I'm going to give people four times the amount of what I owe them, he's about to go broke how is this possible how is it that this man that has devoted his life getting, getting, getting attaining, attaining, attaining filling his bank with riches is about to go broke with the thing that at once was filling him up because he's encountered a love that satisfies he's encountered the person of Jesus Christ and when you encounter true love, you realize that the thing that you were searching for does not compare, does not compare to what you experience in Christ Jesus. There is a satisfaction that I just don't need these riches. I'm, I just, what am I doing? Just hoarding. What am I doing? Filling my life and only feeling bloated but empty. Like, what am I doing? Eh? He's encountered Jesus. We go to character number two in the Bible and it's this woman at the well. We spoke about her last week. She has this incredible encounter with Jesus. And last week we spoke about this woman and the Bible describes her as a woman that was married five times. Now this is amazing because I think about five marriages. Let me tell you something. One relationship can leave a person emotionally unstable. Okay. One divorce can destroy somebody emotionally. One relationship can do that. Can you imagine five divorces? Can you imagine that this woman, the Bible says, had five different husbands? That's five different relationships. That's five different unique levels of disappointment and wounds. That's five different beds that she had to sleep in. That's five different meals that she had to make. That's five different masks she had to wear for each husband. To, she's She's searching. Can you imagine the commitment to her search for satisfaction? I mean, I would have stopped that too. I tell Lisa, if this doesn't work out, marriage is not for me. <laughs> like, because <laughs> it can't get better than this. And if this doesn't work out, then I, I'm not doing this again. She was so committed to being satisfied and fulfilled. She was, she was trying to fill a, a void. She's trying to fill. And, and, and that's what happens, isn't it? Right? Like we keep going back to the thing that we think is going to satisfy us but it just leaves us empty in. and each relationship takes a toll on us and each each time you 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 fill in that void you just make the void bigger and bigger and it takes more to fill that void the next time and this is the woman's life she's she's five different husbands in right now and maybe the first one she she had this pure desire to be loved and By the time she's in her next one, she's so hurt. She's not even looking for love. She's just looking to be healed. By the time she's on her third one, she's like, man, I don't even know how this is going to work. I just want a family. I just want some kids. And that doesn't work out. Now she's just looking to have a companion. By the fifth husband, she's just like, all right, whoever God sends me, because I'm just going to settle with whoever comes through that door. But not even that works. Now she's in a relationship that she is not even, she's with a man that she's not even married to. And the Bible says that on this particular day, she goes to a well. But, but it's so interesting because the Bible says that she goes to the well to fill her pots with water. And I think that in the literal, in the literal sense is so meaningful. But I also think that figuratively, she was thirsty as well. Oh, yeah, she was going to fill her pots with water because she was thirsty physically. But she was also thirsty to fill the appetite of her soul. She needed someone to quench the thirst of her soul. And so her soul was dry, her soul was on pursuit, her soul was in search, but she was also hiding. She has this conversation and this dialogue with Jesus. As Jesus approaches her, he asks her for water. They have this dialogue and, and all of a sudden Jesus starts revealing to her who he is. And he says, he, he says, I am he. I am the Messiah that, that you're waiting for. She's like, okay, I guess we're going to wait for the Messiah to tell us where the right place to worship is. And, and he says, I am he. Just go get your husband. I just want you to be real. I just want you to take off the mask. I just want you to be an authentic, genuine person before me. You can come before me just as you are. You don't have to hide anymore. You don't have to put on the mask. You don't have to keep fronting with me. Like you, I know you are in a surge. I know that you're empty. I know you stop acting like you're fulfilled. Stop acting like you're full. Stop acting like you're confident. It's only a facade. It's only you being bloated, but you're empty. You're empty. And the Bible says this is amazing that this woman would go to fill the water at 12 noon when no one was around in the scorching heat. You know why? Because she was avoiding the criticism of her reputation. Because in those days, the women would go early in the morning to avoid the heat and not go when it's scorching hot. But she would rather deal with the heat of the sun than the criticism of those that would mock her reputation. (laughs) Look at her. She's searching. She's hiding. She encounters Jesus. And watch this. She goes from hiding to telling the entire village about Jesus and I love this little details that the Bible says it says it says that she left the water pot by the well can you imagine that she goes to fill this water pot with water but she doesn't need the water pot anymore because she's not thirsty she has, her, her her thirst has just been quenched. She just tasted of the living water and she does what she could not do before. She allows love to be her logo. She goes to the village and she looks at people and she says, come meet a man who's told me everything that I've ever done, come meet this man. The people that she was afraid of, the people that would have mocked her, the people that would have, her, would have criticized her. She goes to those same people and says, come, Meet a man. This man is unlike anything else. This man has quenched the thirst of my soul. Love became her logo. Why? Because now she's satisfied. See, when you're living from a satisfied place, it changes the way you live with others. When you're living from a bloated place but empty, a bloated place but unsatisfied, You only look out for yourself. You only look out for what's important to you. You're self-absorbed. You ain't got nothing to spare for anybody else. You're a go-getter. You're an overachiever, but only for you, for your loved ones, for your family. And Jesus says, what good is it for you to love those that love you? The people that don't know God do that. He says, what good is that anybody can do that? Any person that is a human being is capable of doing that without God. He goes, go do what you could only do when you have a love that satisfies. Go love those that don't love you. The last case study I want to talk to us about today is is this man named Peter. And and this man uh, named Peter has a brother named Andrew and they are fishermen. And they have this business and they've devoted their life to their business. Now, fishermen during that time, these are go getters. These are all around workers, all year around workers. They work in the heat of the summer. They work in the blistering cold. They work during the day. They work overnight. They are constantly working. Couple that with Peter's personality, who's ambitious. He's an overachiever. He's a person who goes after it. He's a person who's determined to be successful. This is Peter. Look what the Bible tells us about his encounter with Jesus. It says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and let down the nets of a catch. Simon Peter answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and I haven't caught anything, Master. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, watch this, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me. Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John the sons of Zebedee, Simon Peter's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon Peter, "Don't be afraid, for now on you'll fish for people." Now watch verse 11. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Did you did you did you catch it? Like they, this is, this is a group of people that spend their entire lives devoted to getting devoted to fishing all the, they get all the fish they could ever get in one moment. Their nets are breaking and uh, with fish and their boats are sinking. Can I tell you something? Sometimes God will give you a blessing, not just to bless you, but to fill your boat up so much only to make you realize that it's worthless and it will not satisfy you and it will not fulfill you. Like, like God will give you a blessing, not just to bless you like, yo, God bless me with this, with this awesome catch. No, he, he's blessing you with that catch so that you can realize that even after getting that catch, it's worthless. It means nothing. It'll still leave you empty. It'll still leave you unfulfilled. Like the only thing that a fisherman would ever want is a catch of half the size. But this is a catch that his net is breaking and his boat is sinking and he abandons it all and he falls to the, need of, the knees of Jesus. The Bible says he brings his boats on shore and then he leaves everything. Why? Because. Because only you satisfy and God will give you a blessing oh you oh you want a relationship God will give you all the re- here take it take it all the relationships that you want until your boat is sinking and your nets are breaking are you happy now oh, oh you think that it's gonna be likes on Instagram you think it's gonna be followers here's you want 1 million here's 2 million followers are you still happy are you still fulfilled are you fulfilled now are you content now or or you you want a position and you want here. take it take all the relationships you've ever wanted take all the money you could ever have are you happy now are you satisfied now see got to fill your boats with what you've been craving for until they're breaking until they're sinking, only to reveal to you that you will still be left unhappy, unfulfilled, unsatisfied. And I love Peter's response. He's like, Get away from me. I can't. You're just too good. Like this love, I just, you, you're it. It's not the catch, it's you. I realized that everything I've been looking for is in you and I've turned to occupying my time just pursuing getting the greatest catch and I finally got the greatest catch and I'm about to leave it abandoned for you and I think that when we read John chapter 6 now watch this is so revealing it's one of the saddest scriptures in the world in the Bible but it's one of the most profound scriptures as well because it says from the time this is john 6 chapter 6 verse 66 it says from the time that many from that time many of the disciples went back and walked away from jesus they left him in verse 67 jesus is so interesting because jesus he says to the 12 like the crowds begin to leave jesus because of his message and they turn around to peter he turns around to the his disciples he goes hey are you guys going to leave me too And you could see like the humanity in Jesus in this moment. He says, do you also want to go away? And look what Peter says. He answers. He speaks for all the disciples. He says, but Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You, you have the words of eternal life. Like I've changed, like Lord, (laughs) where are we going to go? Like, like we've abandoned everything because nothing is worth it not being next to you. Like there's nothing that compares. Like I've gone on the search. I, you're the only love that satisfies Jesus. Like I've sought out the re- riches, have sought out the relationships. I've even sought out religion and none of it satisfies. I've, I've sought out my, my, my ambitions. I've sought out those things and I've come to the finish line of those things only to be fed a meal of dissatisfaction. Where, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go, Jesus? You only have the words of eternal life. You only have the thing that, my, that will quench the thirst in my soul. You have the only thing that will cease the hunger in my life. You are the only love that satisfies. That's why when Jesus says, he says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy He uses a word in the Greek language, this word, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill. That word kill is actually not the proper translation. It doesn't mean like kill, like murder. The translation there is this word thuo, and it means to sacrifice. It it says the thief's purpose is to get you to sacrifice your own life. Watch this, because I think that so many people have sacrificed their life on the altar of ambition. So many people have sacrificed their own life and they lost the abundant life because they have sacrificed their life on the altar of unforgiveness. You've sacrificed your life on the altar of popularity. You've sacrificed your life on the altar of relationships. You've sacrificed your life on the altar of prestige, of, of ambition, of wanting and desire. It's not that it's like, Oh, the devil is going to kill me. The devil's out. No, the devil don't work that way. The devil speaks to you as if it was you speaking to you. (laughs) Like, I think that we, we, we sometimes don't even know how to combat the devil because we think that he's going to come kicking the door. No, he, He prepares a nice little altar for you. And he just tells you, oh man, this is comfy. You should lay on it. You see that ego? Just lay on it. You see that unforgiveness? Just lay on it. The Bible says that he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. The thief's purpose is to steal, is to rob you. And, and, And it's true that many times the thing that we are doing to attain satisfaction and fulfillment is the very thing that is stealing our satisfaction and fulfillment. That's the thief's purpose. That's the reason a thief is is coming into the sheep's pen. It's to steal, kill, sacrifice and destroy. But he says, my purpose is to give you a Parazon life, a life that's super exceeding, a life that will allow you, that will empower you for it to be your logo, for love to be your logo. It can't compare, it cannot compare. That's why the Bible says, what is it worth to gain the whole world, but lose your soul? And we think, many people think that that's going to hell. It does not mean going to hell. It's just losing who you are. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Like, What is it worth to gain the whole world and lose yourself in the process? Like you finally got everything you've ever wanted, Except that you've lost who you are in the process. You're still unhappy. You're still dissatisfied. You're still unfulfilled. And you're looking at your wife like, why is it that you can't bring me joy? It's because she was never meant to bring you joy. You're looking at your husband and he doesn't meet your he doesn't meet your needs, and you're unhappy, dissatisfied, and you want to walk away. But he was never meant to meet your needs and satisfy your life. Only God can do that. And I think that if we live from this place of satisfaction, then love has no choice but to live our logo, to be our logo. we start, start loving people by accident. I, I, I don't think that this woman was like, all right, I'm gonna muster up the courage to talk to this, these men in this village who would ridicule. No, 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 she did it by accident. Hey, come meet a man. Zacchaeus, he didn't muster up the courage. He didn't say, okay, Husa! all right, I'm going to look at these people and I'm going to give half of my riches. He's like, man, I'm just going to give half my riches and I'm going to pay back. He's talking recklessly. Are you crazy? Look at Peter. Are you cra- What are you doing? Leaving the catch of your life behind you. What are you doing? Just take half of it. He's talking recklessly. God, like, where are we going to go? And he said they abandoned everything and they followed him. Here's what I believe. I believe that when you are satisfied, you live differently. You don't live for you. You live for others. You don't live for you. You live for others. But I believe only Jesus is the love that satisfies I want to close out this entire series, this eight-week series, with letting you know that today, that it's only Jesus that can satisfy you. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm not talking about singing songs. I'm not talking about doing devotionals. I'm talking about an encounter with Jesus, the one and true living God. Only He satisfies. Only He can give you this parazon life this life that is super abundant unnecessarily excessive overflowing so much that you have that you won't ever have to love on a budget again. Like that is what he offers you today. And that's what he wants to tell you today. He wants to tell you that I, my purpose is to give you a life that is satisfying. Can I pray for you? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for every life, oh God, that's here today. I thank you for every life, Lord, that may have, may have felt bloated in the past, but still unfulfilled, still dissatisfied. I want to pray, Lord, that at this very moment, that you would become their satisfaction. Your word says that you quench the thirst of the righteous. That you quench our thirst, oh God, and, and that you satisfy the hunger of our soul. So I want to pray for you one more time. If that's you today, if you're saying, Pastor Ro, I know that I'm not loving people the way I should. And I know it's because there's a, there's a void in my life. If that's you, can you raise your hand? Because the greatest void that you have is the absence of God's love. That's what it is. It's it's love. There's an area in your life that just needs God's love in it. And you've allowed it to enter some parts and you've compartmentalized God's love and you allow it in certain love in certain parts. You allow it in the living room. You allow it in the kitchen. You allow it in the dining room, but I can't allow it in that 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 little quiet bedroom. That's what happens. Can I pray for you? God wants to fill that space today that's you raise your hand and I want you to repeat this prayer at the count of three one two three everybody together come on everybody everybody we're closing out this series lift up your hand lift up your hand and I want you to say this prayer say dear Jesus come into my life I receive you as my Savior I thank you for forgiving my sins for dying on the cross and for resurrecting. I believe today I am a new creation and you have satisfied my life. In your name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Who is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhowcom give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.